Well, it's a Tuesday evening, and for the next 60 or so minutes, we are going to be talking technology and everything else related to it. There's a lot coming up today, and it's a very exciting show I have for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is City Trends. My name is Philippa Sean and City Trends is brought to you by Haptel, helping you grow your sales and of course NIIT, bringing people and computers together successfully. Now, very quick one here. Now, if you are a business owner, selling to your customers should be your number one priority. So if your customers have to always come to your store before they can buy from you, you are really losing sales. These days, customers want to shop from you and pay without necessarily coming to your store that is the reality of today that is why haptel is here to help you out how haptel basically can help you modernize your sales get your own e-commerce platform from haptel so you can sell in your store online and even on mobile Haptel gives you a free POS software for your store a free mobile entrepreneur short code and a free web store all in one just for you sign at sign up today at haptel.com using the referral code citifm or simply dial star 713 hash haptel helping you grow your sales Today, we have one major topic for discussion, the hybrid entrepreneur. What exactly is that concept all about? And why is it important that even as we grow the tech ecosystem in Ghana, we should be thinking along that line? I have two very incredible people in the studio to join me for this conversation. Dr. Gordon Adomza will be joining me from Ashesha University. And of course, Jewel Thompson as well from Ashesha University will be joining me for this conversation. We have the how-to segment. We have the trending segment also coming your way. And of course, we'll be touching base with everything having to do with Huawei and the latest with all of that all on this show. So please don't go anywhere. Turn out the volume and let's get talking. Join us with your messages on our WhatsApp number 0549-986-996 or on Twitter. You can use the hashtag CityTrends. Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-9986-996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-9986-996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. (laughs) 
Well, yes, indeed. The conversation continues on the show. And as we always tend to do at the beginning of the show, we're going to have the how-to segment where Jeffrey Rokusapong basically tells us some pretty interesting things about things we take for granted um, on a daily basis. Um, what's his topic exactly for today? And welcome to the How to Segment on City Trends. This evening, we start a series that will show you why and how you should conduct a data detox. As someone who uses smart devices or connected devices, you know you need a data detox when you start feeling like you've installed too many apps and lost track of how many passwords you have. The first thing you should do in this case is give your browser a good clean. Log out of all your email and social media accounts. Clear your browser and cookies. Run a search of your name and start deleting things you are not comfortable keeping on the web. As soon as you do this, you are ready for the next stage of data detox. Next week, I will bring you the second thing you should do in the data detox process. Now, it's not every day I get hit in the face by a topic I have no idea about. Typically, I'll have a brief idea because I can put two and two together. But then sometimes some of the topics come at me and I have zero idea about them. But I know it's something I need to engage on. And that is what happened with this week's topic. The hybrid entrepreneur. Like, yeah, I know it has to do with entrepreneurship. I know it has to do with a combination of something and something because of the hybrid business. But what exactly is all of that about? Um, well, when... I get into situations like this, I typically tend to defer to the people who probably know a bit more about it, especially those who came up with the topic in the first place. And so I have in the studio with me Dr. Gordon Adomza and Joel Thompson, both of Ashesi University with me in the studio to help us understand what this whole concept of a hybrid entrepreneur is and also to look forward to some of the pretty incredible things um, that they've been doing over at Ashesi University. As you would know, we had a conversation with the same wonderful people a couple of months ago with a project that they had launched um with mit i believe and um i hear it's going pretty well so we'll be discussing all of that on the show today doc and jewel thank you so much for joining us on the show uh, thank, thank you, you for, for having us so the concept hybrid entrepreneur what's what's that about <laughs> what what is it so when you think about hybrid what comes to mind combining like hybrid hybrid is like combining two equal things almost unequal i don't know <laughs> well that's well, that's close enough so right. when we're thinking about hybrid we're undergoing this concept around how do you actually make a profit but at the same time make an impact mm. that is hybridization mm. so it's a matter of reframing this business model that has typically been mostly po profit driven mm. 
your bottom line essentially was to make your shareholders money, right? right. When you're a fully formed functioning corporation, that is your primary objective. Right. But when you're thinking about being a hybridized business, you're no longer in the mindset of I need to make my shareholders money. Now your shareholders are holding you accountable for actually doing good. Hmm. Um, so contributing back into the economy, ensuring that your work, um, anything that you're doing uh, might be, if you have materials that you're using, they're sustainable, uh, sustainably sourced. Yeah. Um, when you're thinking about uh, how you're going to uh, enter into a new market, are you considering the people that are there already? Um, are you considering the economic value that you can add by including um, opportunities for jobs for those that are disenfranchised in the areas? Thinking more expansively about your business concept that goes beyond, I'm going to create a product or service and essentially get capital from this, but at the same time, I'm actually going to do some good. From everything you said, it suggests like there's going to be a very serious cultural shift in terms of the stakeholders and like the shareholders of the business. Like that seems like such a huge thing because I mean, if I'm going to put money into a business, my first <laughs> thought is like, when am I getting like my money back? Sure, sure. No, that's true. And, and yes, uh, you, when you're putting money in, you're looking at the returns. But uh, the other thing, too, is that business is changing. Right. right? And, and these days doing good um, also has a, an impact on your brand equity, for instance. Right. right. So people will recognize your brand because it does something good. Mm. So uh, a lot of people are catching on to this uh, sort of this, this effect. And so it's not people are already doing it, but uh, we are from you know academia, academia is right yeah. so we need to put a you know we need to put a frame on it <laughs> right. uh and and the frame is this concept of hybrid mm. this concept of, concept of how do you build a business model that has even if it's for for profit has a social impact um story in it right mm. so we're, we're not talking about doing well in business and then doing good mm. we're talking about doing good whilst doing well right Right. So as, as Joel is saying, if it's sourcing, are you sourcing materials that um, are good for the body? Right? Or are you sourcing from disadvantaged uh, people groups that can then build a livelihood mm. uh, because you are in business? Mm. Right. And so sometimes we can go that extra mile to make sure that our business is doing go good whilst we're making the money. Mm. So we're not talking about social enterprise. Mm. That's not what we're talking about, mm. right? We're talking about a blend, a hybrid between for-profit and social impact. What's the difference? So when you look at the spectrum, right, because there's a fairly long spectrum, at one end you have a solely for-profit corporation and on the other end you have a non-profit. Mm. Kind of in the middle, a little bit closer to for-profit and then a little away from nonprofit is your social enterprise. Mm. So your social enterprise exists solely with the function of saying that they're going to actually make right. an impact. Mm. However, the hybridized business is comes probably on the spectrum right after the social enterprise because mm. its initial thought isn't necessarily making impact, but your business model already includes this. So mm. subsequently, as you plan to make money, you've thought of how you're going to source your materials, the people that you're going to be hiring, essentially your ethical practices, your standards, um, how if you're going into a marginalized community, you may support it, but it's not your sole intent to say I'm doing good, 
but your business already encompasses good. Um, because a lot of corporations that start now don't go with that thought. Right. It's how can I make the most money uh, and get the biggest return? Yeah. Uh, so this is the challenge. Yeah, the and, challenge. and you know, shareholders are, are asking this now, right? So you have corporations on Wall Street where shareholders are, being, are concerned that maybe the practices of uh, side effects that, that uh, will, will have a blowback right. and you're asking them to fix it, right. right? So you have a lot of Wall Street companies that are going back and trying to clean up Right. You know, the supply chain or the value chain and so forth. So what we're saying here is uh, we have, we train entrepreneurs. Our mission at Ashesi is to educate ethical entrepreneurial leaders, right? right? Um, with the courage to, to transform Africa. So we think about that every day and we ask ourselves, how do we, p what do we put in that sort of um, um, bucket that, mm. that, that helps them do this? And we think that if we're training millennials to be entrepreneurs, mm. right? We can start to think about what will make them really good entrepreneurs that completes the mission for us right. and we think this concept of hybrid might be might be it right um because what it does then is that it helps every entrepreneur we train not only think of how to make money but how to do good making that money mm. you know and and we think down the line it has uh, many, many, many uh, advantages. I mean, we're, we're dealing with millennials. We know that millennials hate the, the purest form of capitalism. Mm. They do not want to make money on the backs of others. They don't want to make money at all costs. So we think we're, we're providing, we're building a vehicle for them that will channel their, um, you know, the, 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 their um, aspirations beyond just making money right, right? we're bu building something that will help them uh sort of capture and, and and structure that really well it sounds like a very thin line between a social enterprise like and a hybrid entrepreneur like it's a very very thin line like it's almost the same well so so the thing is as, as Joel was saying, you can have a pure for-profit that right. does not there's not registered as a None. social doesn't do anything but they make sure right that they they take back um the waste they put into the environment right, right? that's not a social enterprise mm. right mm. they make sure that their materials are uh organic or they're uh, like they're consciously deciding right from the first time the pen goes onto the paper that's to right. write out the plan for the business right like the we're first thought in way. your mind we're going to mm. do it this way mm. and they're not social mm. yeah right mm. they're for a full for-profit company mm. They're not social, but they're saying that w when we think of uh, of pay, of salary, we're going to think of livelihood, right? Mm. So are we able to, how much we give you, does it does it cover transportation and food, mm. right? We're not, you're not just going to say, okay, here's the market rate, so, uh, right? And that's not, that's not a social enterprise. It's just making sure that you are doing the right thing, you're, you're doing good um, internally with your employees, with your customers. Uh, with your partners in industry in the value chain and mm. so forth i understand from a global perspective mm -hmm. like because a lot of the examples for example that gordon gives talking about wall street and how responsible they might be but then what does the local entrepreneur like the ghanaian tech entrepreneur for example what what is the what is the situation for him like as well? Because I can imagine a number of the partners that they might have really don't think along this line mm -hmm. The first thought is, when is the paper coming in? And I'm just wondering, for them, what is what is going to push them to want to think along this line? Sully, what would push them along this line is the fact that when we think about 
those who exist at the bottom of the pyramid, mm. this is a market that has gone untapped, mm. right? And a lot of times there are social entrepreneurs that are building for this group because they recognize that no one else is targeting them because they don't have the income. So if we want to see a shift within our economic, uh, economic systems, especially here in Ghana, then we have to have businesses that are supporting these bottom of the pyramid type of individuals and incorporating them into the business models and the structures that we're developing. Um, that's the only way that you know we can see some sustenance from this mm. because if we continue operating with large conglomerates and big corporations that own everything and you have a few people at the top, a few, the leadership triangle looks, our hierarchy looks similar to that of um, other entities that aren't doing good in the community, then we don't get that much further than we are today. And we need a new model. So this shift has to happen if we expect to transform our economy in any type of way. Um, being inclusive of those that are not uh, considered the most, the wealthy, right? So how do we do that? We do that with this type of business model. Mm. Yeah, and, mm. and also just quickly to add to that, in terms of the process of building your business, we, we teach our students about the concept of dark pattern, you know, for for the tech, um, for, for the development stuff like that, right? So so questions, are you building your software mm. uh, to make people addictive, mm. right? We, we've seen mm. some of the effects from the large companies. Are you, um, do you ask people to put their uh, mobile money accounts and then you know pay maybe two CDs for this month but then uh, if they don't um, send stop to star you something you continue to take the mm. money just because you have the number right, right. Uh, so are you are you conscious of those things or are you building dark patterns into the way people use your software right <laughs> right I mean because you can and you right. can make the money right, right? but should you Right. you know uh, uh so so and even in advertising right are you doing deceptive advertising these days you see ad advertisements where the fda the, at the end it will say it was approved by, by the fda right? you know <laughs> uh, do we have to get to that point well, we where do this for we the last five seconds <laughs> right. or two seconds <laughs> right. <laughs> right do we have to get to the point where we have to approve our ads right? right can we sort of put some of these systems in place and we think that if we're training entrepreneurs especially with the kind of mission we have we need to start working on on some of these things we need to start working with them on their business models right to clean it up to clean it up before they they uh, launch them but we do accept that our technology entrepreneurs and our entrepreneurs generally are working within a certain space that are not necessarily adapted to this sort of thinking as well no yeah. th that, that i mean that's true but the thing is that it it needs to to happen right mm. because we recognize that our old models don't work mm. our old systems are failing us mm. um rapidly so even as technology is increasing and becoming more um expansive we recognize that if we look at ai it has bias right racial and gender bias and we have to fix that so we have all these ethical dilemmas things that widen the social inequity gaps that we have especially with the onset of technology so how do we curb that it has to start with this hybridization because we have to start thinking about closing these gaps um, and it comes down to the businesses that we're building hmm. can i ask what's what will be then the characteristic of uh, a hybrid interpreter <laughs> like, like when i see him in my office pitching to me like hmm 
you do qualify to be a hybrid <laughs> entrepreneur. How would I identify one? That's that's what we're creating right now. <laughs> They're in our labs right now and in our incubator. Um, there are beautiful uh, Ashesi Venture Incubator Fellows. Um, when they came and they pitched before us with their ideas, not all of them had the hybridized concept, mm. right? But that's not what we were looking for. Particularly, we were looking for the entrepreneur that had the vision, that had the purpose, um, that had others in mind, right? Um, and you could tell that in the way that they proposed uh, what they were trying to do, what they were trying to build. They saw beyond Ghana, mm. right? Um, and so in taking that, we said, this is the, the type of business that we can embed this particular model into. Mm. This is how we can hybridize. So we'll take what Ezekiel, for example, um, he's the owner of Tailored Hands, mm. and his vision is to make the caftan something that's everyday wear. Um, and we were like, you know what, that's powerful because then that transforms the African narrative of what corporate, uh, corporate wear or everyday typical wear for a man would look like. Mm. And we said, so how can we ensure that this design and this um, uh, material, everything that you're doing and is inclusive of our, our Ghanaians. And so he said, you know what? I want to incorporate the disabled workers, right? How can I give them jobs to actually start producing these outfits? Because if my greater vision is to ensure that this is a design that's worn by everybody and is accepted as everyday wear, I want to make sure that those that are left out have a say in this design and this uh, labor of love that I'm producing that's going to be essentially one day a global mm. uh, epidemic in a sense, right? <laughs> right. So, I, I, I find, I find um, because it, it, it's, it always sounds like something that is still being developed. Like it's right. something that you're still like fine-tuning almost. Right. And, and I can imagine what, five years, 10 years down the line, this should be the way that entrepreneurs typically should be trained. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what the big deal is. That's 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 what we're, we we think that we uh, you know we we have thought leadership in this in this space, mm -hmm. and so we're being very careful and and we're uh, sort of experimenting with a few models to try to get to this mm -hmm. concept of entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs that are not only thinking of of their pockets but also thinking about society and how mm -hmm. um, how they interact with 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 the environment and. Um, we are doing this with MIT, uh, which is a, a huge global force in entrepreneurship as well. And, and so uh, we do see that in five years, uh, we will have a pretty well-defined uh, track for, for, this, for this kind of uh, entrepreneurs. And of course, supported by uh, USAID, we should always add that, yes. I, and, and the last time we had this conversation, I, I asked this question, I'll ask again. It's, it's great that we have this group that is receiving this training within you know, the HSA um, umbrella. Now, clearly we need this concept to move beyond the HSA. You know, and I'm just wondering what the plan is for that. Ooh, we're excited about that. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um, so the vision is greater than just saying, oh, this is of the within the vessel of a chassis this is influenced by the vision of what a chassis wanted to produce for africa um, which is the ethical entrepreneur and so under that same vision it is our goal to ensure that we create an innovative type of curriculum and model of, of an incubator that's creating these types of entrepreneurs to spread across various african universities so this is not just here it will eventually grow and expand probably even beyond africa but more into developing nations because again we need a new system because mm. the current one is not working and we keep seeing this imbalance and 
If we're saying that entrepreneurship is the way to economic freedom, then we need to ensure that our entrepreneurs in city are um, enlightened about the work that they're doing, um, seeking to, you know, create these great, cool things, be mm -hmm. the next Uber of this, the next, you know, Airbnb <laughs> of this. Yeah. But at the same time, ensuring that they do not leave the people that matter the most out. No, we, we, yeah. And even locally, so we have... Um, there are technical aspects of this, right? So, right. for instance, there's a there's a, a, pro, a program that we are disseminating from MIT called Lean Research, which right. helps you do research more responsibly uh, with your your user groups, right? So, we have um, on the 14th of June, for instance, we're bringing together all the trainers in the hubs all around Ghana uh, for a one-day workshop on Lean Research right. at Ashesi. Uh, we've already. I think we have about twenty-five people. Twenty-five people from twenty-five hubs across Ghana signed up right now. So we are engaging locally, uh, and we're going to. You know, one in four of our students is from another African country, mm -hmm. and so we are spreading sort of these concepts uh, beyond Africa, yes. even organically. Mm. You know, as our students graduate and go back and and impact their countries. But we do have. Um, a considered effort to roll out uh, these, some of these concepts to other other universities across the country. Was that event also? Because well, I know you guys have a number of there things that you're doing, a number of trainings <laughs> and stuff like that that yeah. you, you, you are plotting. But I know there's one that's coming up really, really soon. Yes. And I was just wondering if you could just throw some light on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so we have the ecosystem convening coming up. So um, we have aptly themed that unlocking the hybrid right. entrepreneur true which is important <laughs> yeah. so uh it's over the course of two days the initial uh start of the ecosystem convening and then after as uh, dr domja was mentioning the subsequent days um consist of the lean research workshops that we're doing with various stakeholders within um within ghana and so the first day that we have is june 6th and that is um an event that we're hosting at Ashesi University is a design sprint because another leg of our project overall, um, which is also called Next Eye to Eye, <laughs> we have a new name, <laughs> um, so which means new entrepreneur, uh, new entrepreneurs exchange for transformation idea to impact mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so it has multiple prongs so one of that being the lean research approach um, and then us having the chassis venture incubator and then the ecosystem convening because we're not only just teaching our entrepreneurs how to of course conduct research um, in a manner that is inclusive but we're also ensuring that there is an actual ecosystem available to support them once they get out of yeah. here because after one year what happens sure. right they just fall to the wayside um, so yes, to that point, that's where the ecosystem convening comes into play, us bringing in all the key stakeholders um, from various industries. So we're talking about academia, uh, policy, uh, people who are just entrepreneurs, different hub networks. Media. Media, yes, you'll that's be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're bringing them together right. to ask the right questions, but not just leave the room feeling good about what we talked about, but taking actionable steps over the next year within working groups to actually put these things together. Because too often we work in silos because there are people doing the work. We're not negating that, you know, no one's out there helping the ecosystem move, but we need to bring everybody together so we have a similar vision and we know the entrepreneur struggles and listen to them and build 
for their struggles um, so that finance is talking and understanding what policy is talking about and it's all connected governance makes sense we have hub members that understand what's happening and it trickles down in a way that we can produce more hybrid entrepreneurs air quotes if people can't see it um, <laughs> and it ensures that you know they come into a space that uh, allows them to not only uh, become profitable but sustainable of course mm. um, in the long run and then at the same time impactful mm. um, so yes and then day two uh, which is June 7th is what we were we're partnered with GCIC which is the Ghana Climate Innovation Center and um, for that one that is our uh, incubating innovation symposium and um, that is more panel style where we're bringing in the big guns, you know, people from World Bank here and there, um, Ernst & Young, the big global leaders um, that have a, a big stake in all of this that are usually sitting at the top, mm. but don't get a chance to engage with everyone in the middle and at the bottom and yeah. hear what the challenges are. Um, so we'll have great panel discussions and sessions around what's happening. We have um, a panel that I'll be mo moderating. There's a panel that Dr. Dumja is going to be sitting on. Um, and we're bringing in our youth, our young leaders, um, young entrepreneurs to have conversations about this yeah. um, and then move beyond that. Dor, final comments. Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, also another angle, uh, another angle to this is that uh, we think this concept of hybrid entrepreneurs, what we need in uh, Ghana beyond aid, if you mm. will, or, or <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our next sustainable sort of uh, journey for as a country. Because when you think about it, uh, what we're learning is that a lot of the development agencies are going to transform their models of engagement from aid to trade, right? And it's not to say that we don't have social uh, problems or we don't have social vices or we don't have uh, poor people or uh, and, and so forth so there's going to be a gap and that gap has to be picked up by somebody yeah. and we think that entrepreneurs will we'll have to pick to some of these gaps and so if we don't start to change the mindset now to have people uh, sort of latch onto the concept of doing good whilst doing well Right. Not just doing well and then doing good. We're not talking about make a lot of money and go paint a hospital. That's important. <laughs> right. But we're talking about in your model today, right? right? If your source it should be woven into the very DNA into of the, the business, of right. the business, right? right? So, so we think that if we start working on the mindset today, we start working on perceptions around business, that a Ghana beyond aid is is supported for, by by entrepreneurs. Yes, you know. So that's that's also very extremely important to us. You know, and 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 that's what that's what urges us on. That's mm. that's what motivates us uh, to to continue to pursue. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's a very very nice way of ending it. Ghana Beyond Aid is the dream, and <laughs> we hope to get there soon. Thank you so much, Jua, and to Gordon, of course. Thank you so much for joining us. Another very best. Um. So when exactly is it? Um. Is it something that's open? you know, to the public, is it not, you know, details, details, details? So, um, June 6th through 7th, okay. uh, one, uh, it, it, it's not currently open to the public. However, that is only because we want to ensure that we can build these communities and then bring them out further. Um, and then, but the public can still be engaged through the hashtag. Um, so, you know, a chassis Vink, a chassis ENT ship, um, next eye to eye, and then the ecosystem convening will have all the hashtags available where they can join into the conversation. We'll have 
hopefully some live feed going photos you can find ways to continue to engage um, with the process and then if you find you're ready to really pick up your sword and get into this fight with us then you can come to the next ecosystem because we'll you'll be on our radar by then and then you'll get the invite to come out okay yeah all right well thank you guys so thank much you, for so joining much us on the show um, Gordon and Jewel all from Manchester University we've been talking about the concept of the hybrid entrepreneur and how important they are for building the ecosystem of the future, the technology ecosystem of the future, or the, the the country and the continent that we need. Hopefully, we can get there. Fingers crossed. Anyway, <laughs> um, with these two, with these two at the helm of the ship, I'm sure we'll be we'll be just fine. I'm sure we'll be just fine. Anyway, the show continues, and we are going to have a conversation about um, some of the mobile applications that you should be having on your phone in the app segment of the show. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. And so it's time for the app segment of the show. And I just saw the mobile application that we are going to be reviewing today. It looks so good. It looks so, so good. Jeffrey Okusapur is here with the app segment. Jeffrey, what is this app all about? I like the color. The color scheme is what kills me. Because there's some green <laughs> uh, that fades into blue. You know. Like, it looks okay. so good. So th for those of us who are color illiterate, <laughs> we refuse to mention the colors. Yeah, because yeah, it doesn't... There are this, so many colors. Is this turquoise or is it... <laughs> Please, Farida. Aqua blue. It's blue and green. Okay. Anyway. So um the app is called Get It. Get it. Yeah. G E D D I T. Sounds like Reddit. But yeah, you know, yeah, get it. Basically gamifying business. Hmm. You know. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Gamifying business. Anyway, okay, so let's let's hear what um this particular app is is all about. Get it. My name is Adeline Schoen and I'm the salesman. So I'm basically in charge of introducing the platform to different businesses and make it possible for them to integrate the platform in their various marketing strategies. So Get It is actually a Norwegian company which was formed by one of Norway's well-known entrepreneurs, Ida Vovik, and our CEO decided to bring Get It to Ghana, which makes it Get It Ghana. 
So Get It, Get It is a revolution within digital marketing. So Get It is a digital marketing platform which was designed to help businesses to generate store or online traffic. So the primary target of Get It is to make it possible for businesses to connect with their consumers in a playful way. So for the consumer, it's a free entertainment app with which they can win real-life prices by playing random games, which makes it an exciting experience and also a social experience. Get It, spelled G-E-D-D-I-T, can now be found on the Play Store for Android users and on the iOS Apple Store for iPhone users. So get it. Everyone can play. Everyone can win. Try it out and go get it. Well, go get it indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go get it. Yeah, man. Yeah, go get it. Charlie. So, I like it. So what? Uh, so for for me as a user, uh-huh. I basically download Get It. Uh-huh. And there are a number of games that I'm guessing a company has put forward. And I can win rewards as I play. Yes. So this is how it works. So the aim of the game mm-hmm. that the business is doing is to get you to visit them. Right. So when you visit the business, then you win whichever prize they are giving to you. Oh, uh-huh. wait, as in physical visits the business. That's what, uh, so far, right. what I've gone through, right. that's what it says. Ah. So you play the game, to uh-huh. you, and I'm guessing you have a number of clues, yeah. whatever, go through a number of stages and stuff like and that. Then, and then when you finally visit the company, you get... pay you whatever price you have. Wow. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> My the only question I have in my mind is how they make money. But I'm guessing if we can get them into a studio one of these days, we can yeah. ask them that. But sure, sure. I mean, hey, if if you're a business owner, for yeah. example, if you're an entrepreneur, I think it's a very cool way of engaging mm-hmm. like your customers. And I think you know, just just check it out. G E D D I T is, yeah. is is the app. It's available um, on both Android and iOS. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> well, you just try it out. Try it out, and let's see. Let's see how how it, it works if if it works for you you know let's know let us know what you think about it g-e-d-d-i-t is the mobile app for this week is there another app that you have for us or um it it's just one? this one so get it is the only mobile application that we have for you this week and um we are jumping straight into the trending segment of the show Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends.
so the biggest topic for the last two weeks so far has been huawei yes indeed huawei seems to be the biggest topic everybody's talking about everybody some people are crying over the fact that they won't be getting any more security updates from the company some people are upset <laughs> about the fact that um trump is not being nice and is being a bully some people are upset about the fact that they will have to discover a whole new app store developed by huawei some people just don't understand what is even going on some people really don't get what this whole um issue is we we started talking about it last week we heard from covid we heard from um deridin as well um we've tried to break it down as much as possible but it seems the stories just don't stop and um one of the things that i found really refreshing um at the start of the week was um the CEO of Huawei basically advocating mm-hmm. for China not to um, take any sanctions, as it were, against Apple. And I found that really, really refreshing. For somebody who's going through all of this, you would imagine that, like, his first move, China, ban <laughs> Apple, you know, but it's really nice for him to take that sort of position. And I guess that it's, it's a more measured approach mm-hmm. to that sort of situation that they find themselves in. They might be going through turmoil, but at least they are looking good on the surface. Because, yeah, I can imagine just how frantic everything will be over at Huawei. And I'm just wondering how they're going to manage it all at the end of the day. But it's, 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 it's a very tight corner to be in, right? I don't know. Actually, last week when I listened to him when the news broke, um, he sounded very composed. I love this posture. He didn't really seem to be somebody who was so much bothered. I don't know what is happening. Probably, of course, they are working behind the scenes. But you know, yeah, because last week I've been thinking about it actually. How this would affect it, you know. Today, for instance, somebody was just joking around saying that you know they oh god the top users they were in in a few in a few months time you try update and say hey, where are you going? Cannot update. Back to sender. Back to sender. It, it would really be. It, it, it looks scary for yeah. me. You know, trying to dig you know deeper and okay so what happens to Huawei? Mm. what's going to happen mm. you know now that everybody's backing out you know yeah. a lot of companies in the u.s are sort of like you know taking themselves off they don't have a choice, of course they really. don't have a choice so so what if you know everybody leaves you and then you are like an island so what's going to happen but it looks like they seem to have a plan which we are, we are mean, hoping no matter how long they go on with their whole we have um three months worth mm-hmm. of stocks of chips mm-hmm. and things like that yeah. you will run out at the end of the day yeah mm-hmm. then what yeah. happens yeah. you know like and this whole 90 day amnesty thing yes it will run out it will just when it does what happens I, i'm not i'm not sure I'm, I'm thinking about it just when i thought they were doing good well actually they are doing very good so i don't know i really don't know what's gonna happen but let's so um here's something for those who are thinking the os would come out next next month they yeah, we've seen rumors about those that. Those stories are filthy. Yeah, of course. They are false. They are fake. We, we <laughs> they are not ready, basically. I, mean, I saw... So, so the, 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 the operating system that Jeffrey is talking about mm. is called Hongmeng. <laughs> now, it's currently still <laughs> being tested. It is still being tested. That is the position <laughs> from Huawei. They haven't necessarily <laughs> said anything about it being ready. From behave. what I know, they, Huawei is basically saying that it's going to be available before the end of the year. That oh. one we know for <laughs> sure. But as to the f- whether it's going to be available in June, that's a different kettle of fish. Uh, in June, personally, I don't think because an OS, if an OS is going to be accurate, is going to work. It, it demands a lot of testing, technical testing here and there. So. I think it will take a while before yes. they actually get back 
with the OS. And, 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 and one thing is they are not just building an OS for a phone. Right. They have laptops. They have other... Across all right. the devices. And all those devices. things. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and, and, and Windows, Windows is also taking their software off their laptops. Exactly. So that means they will have to build, build for, for those laptops for those as well. Laptops. Components that they won't have access to because those components basically are produced by companies that have u.s influence and things like that it's a very complicated situation do you think they'll succumb though i don't i don't no, see i mean the, huawei doesn't have a choice it's a china u.s trade mm. conversation yeah huawei just happened to have got into the crosshairs that's not their fault <laughs> necessarily but i mean when when you think about it like um Kofidato was talking about last week huawei um about 43 or so percent of their annual sales comes from the mobile phone devices that they mm. sell. Yeah. So if this sort groups. of thing is supposed to hit their revenues that much, imagine if, let's just say, 30% of it was taken off. How much of that would affect the laptops that you ship out? Mm-hmm. How much of that would affect the research yeah. and development that goes into your 5G technology? No matter how far advanced your 5G technology is, you will still be heavily impacted mm-hmm. by you know all of this. And I'm, I'm really glad that next week, uh, so next week, our conversation is actually going to be about the concept of 5G or the, mm-hmm. the reality of 5G, mm-hmm. what it actually means, what, wh- why people think that it is the only, the best way to snoop on everybody else. We'll be delving into all of that next week. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it's a very scary prospect, it is. you know, to, to play around with. And um, it's going to go on for a while. For me, and like we said, we talked about last week, for me, one of the biggest and most exciting things for me is the fact that we are hopefully going to have the emergence of a third force within you know, the mobile operating system in terms of operating systems. The question on that, though, is how easily will people pick up this new OS? Hmm. Because then people will be scared, how safe will I be? Right. We've so been using Android for so it's long. From China. So you are not a tampon. Hong Meng. <laughs> Hong Meng. <laughs> Wait, Fred, what Hong did you Man. say? <laughs> it's just Hong Meng. There's always a Hong somewhere. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. You can't build just for mobile. You have to build across, across all the devices such that the ecosystem mindset comes into play. And I don't yes. know. I'm worried because here's the thing. Uh, think about Ubuntu. Right. For how long have we been hearing about Ubuntu? For there was a time when everyone wanted to test it out. The committed folks are still committed to <laughs> yeah. Ubuntu. How just many not are mainstream. they? It's, it's just not mainstream, yeah. you know. And that's the point. So then, many of those who are now used to Android, who, who use Huawei, will decide that. Well, I don't know how well I can trust this new OS. So then, why not move to another device that is trusted by? android to be allowed mm. and then use that one and then maybe five years later when huawei has proved that its os is working well enough mm. then maybe go back to it or maybe never go back and that could really affect them because then if even 10 percent of their market should decide to m- pull out mm. that's a lot of money yeah, yeah. so i don't know let's see what uh, they, let's, how they let's also look what what if uh, Huawei comes out with a better OS, mm. a mm. better OS that can mm. compete with uh, mm. Android, Android and iOS. Yes, and people now, love it. That that is <laughs> That's what, what I'm hoping yeah. to you see. Say. Because I mean, if if for example, and I've, I've been playing around this theory for quite a while, if China decides to fully back, you know, this move 
buy mm. Huawei. I can just imagine, like, because all you need are developers being interested in the platform yeah. and building for the platform. And what does it take for developers to? They need a population mm. of people who are interested in the platform mm-hmm. in the first place. Now, if they have that, mainland China, all of China, all of Africa. I mean, not all of Africa, literally. Actually, but yeah, all of Africa quite, can quite, work. All they have to do is donate. Because, I mean, uh, Huawei, <laughs> Huawei is in almost every African country today. Their devices are in almost every, can, every, every African country. Now, if you are building for a market like that, that's a very attractive market to build yeah. for. So, I mean, they ha- there are a lot of positives that they can take out of this. It will not be easy. It will be an uphill task. And if they're able to get across that, now that is the exciting part. Like you were saying, it, it's, imagine Huawei's operating system being mm. more exciting mm. than Android. Oh, that's what I want that to see. Well, yeah. That's what I want to see. That would be fun. Anyway, take a minute and think about that. <laughs> right. While you take all that. Anyway, any other stories so, that came to your Philip, attention this do week? Do you use 3D Touch on your iPhone? No, my iPhone doesn't have 3D Touch. Oh. I used to have 3D Touch when I was doing iPhone 7 Plus. Or is it 8? Mr. Yeah. Entry, what about you? You're also on iPhone. Oh, sorry. I forgot. <laughs> Mr. Entry's iPhone is from 5,000 years ago. <laughs> so, um, there are rumors from Mac Rumors, right. you know, that's saying that Apple is thinking of taking out that feature from their iPhones. All of them. I mean, they, they, I mean... What, in the future devices? Uh, well, it's currently non-existent necessarily because yeah. we are using so Face ID now. According to Mark Rumors, right. the feature will be eliminated from all models that will come out from this year. Right. So what... That's a Touch ID. Uh-huh. The 3D Touch. 3D I don't know touch. if it's the same thing as your touch, touch ID. Right. 3D Touch. Uh-huh. So... Because, okay. So 3D... T- okay. So how I does it work? So 3D Touch is when you press extra hard mm. on the screen and it gives you options so sometimes okay. like when you pr- like hard press the camera it gives you options for take a selfie mm. record a video and things like that it's different from the fingerprint reader mm. or the scanner or whatever okay so, but why would you want to do that it's, i mean nobody um, really uses it when yeah, you think no, about you, you it so uh in january wall street journal also said that they wanted to do it to cut costs well that would make sense because then the question is how many people use this feature truthfully many people then why have it because especially when you're trying to delete an app uh-huh. like yeah. and sometimes it confuses between you know deleting hard or looking for extra features looking to delete interesting well i mean they should get rid of it if it brings down the price all the better at least Are you sure it will bring down the price wouldn't they find something else to replace it they always replace it with something mm-hmm. but we're just hoping that whatever they're going to replace it with won't cost that much mm. you well. know but talking of iPhone, there are rumors of an 11. Is that how they're going to call it? Well, it's going to well yeah. we don't know. Yeah. What are they, what are they possibly going to call it? <laughs> they may, they <laughs> may call it 10X. No, it's going to be 11. May, you guys have on. X. 10 S I N Y O. Oh, I, I don't know. Ah, why did we not have X R and things? <laughs> X R and all of that. <laughs> well, well, for a couple of months now, Facebook is always in the news, and mm. this time they say they've deleted more than three billion accounts, fake accounts, <coughs> and they've done some house cleaning yeah, right. exercise. And every time, you know, Facebook is trying to assure people that you know we got your back, we are with this security thing, and blah blah blah. But I don't know how how far they are going to get mm. uh, with that, but. I don't seem to spend uh, much time on Facebook these days. Um, I'm Twitter. Is Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is, you know? Twitter. <laughs> but your data, your data is there. Right? The last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there. 
<laughs> the last time I told someone that, you know, I don't come here, um, I don't come to Facebook often, I'm on Twitter. I said, mm. hey, this Twitter thing, how do you Basu. people do it? I said, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said, you want to see top. They are now discovering Facebook. There are stages of using Twitter. You know, you Your see first top. few months when Charlie, when you open the yeah, thing, you, you look at confused. it down. What's going on here? Seriously, you are really confused. And you only saw the app. It took me almost six months to get adjusted to, like, Twitter. You don't know what is going on. It actually took me a while to get adjusted. And then, especially if you, you you know when you start you tend to follow just any topic and anybody yeah. Yeah, that is it. and that's why sometimes <laughs> your timeline will look all confused mm-hmm. but like once you start adapting to yeah. it like, it, like it, it's, no. it's such so a great these days when mostly the newsroom guys you'll be there then they'll come Jeffrey I want you to help me on Twitter and I'm like okay first question why are you there what are you doing there I always tell them so listen I- to City Trends no, but some He doesn't want trouble. He can't that is do Twitter. That's why Samir Rafi is not active on Twitter because he doesn't listen to. When's the last time Samir Rafi tweeted? I don't. Even know. <laughs> no, once now you type something, Samir, then Samir Rafi. They should delete like, all no. their accounts. This is better than OJ. But there's a funny story. I'm coming, Philip. Let me chip in with this one. Amazon has actually sold a new Motorola phone that is yet to be released to somebody. Huh? It's called the Moto Z4. And Motorola, Motorola hasn't even announced it. But they sold <laughs> they it. They sold it. Apparently, they put it up on their site briefly, and the person ordered it. Uh, and the person has it now, man. and he recorded an uh, un- unboxing <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he recorded an unboxing video. video. It has a 360 camera, wow. and there's some Charlie. Oh, Charlie, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that's, 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 a lucky, that's a lucky one. Though. Charlie, oh, oh, Charlie, oh, Moto Z4, one. watch out for it. Yeah, watch out for 360 <laughs> camera. Anyway, guys, what do you think about having a wooden panel on your laptop? Yeah, like I think pure it's pure wood, environmental friendly. You know, just that someone no, called Philip Ashon is saying nothing environmentally friendly about it. Why not? Plastic, it will. It's you like, is it, is it, what laptop was it? Is it the Asus, um, the one with the extra screen? Mm. What's it called? Uh, there was a laptop that I came across this week and you mentioned it earlier. Um, so basically it has two 4K inch yeah, it's 4K the Asus. screens. Yeah, it's the Asus. And um, the second screen, so if you've ever used um, the MacBook Pro or the Mac, the new Macs, which has a touch bar, imagine the touch bar like four or ten times much bigger than you typically have it you basically have a second screen wait what's I don't it know, for i don't know what anybody will use that other screen for but will it give me a 3d is, effect if you have, but if it you have the a panel, phone, so. imagine imagine a screen that is twice the size of your phone like <laughs> when you're in um landscape mode just imagine a screen like that plus another normal screen <laughs> what are you doing with hold those on, two screens on. is is the keyboard size the usual size no the keyboard has been shrunk a little to oh make Lord. space so it's like so imagine you have your laptop in mm. front of you if you have it divide the laptop um the keyboard space and the into mouse two, pad and everything into two. and then one side is all screen mm-hmm. this is minus the normal screen oh so you have screen small screen and then the Keyboard is mm. like cute Knowing on me, the bottom. I'm never going for this. this. I would destroy it. I don't I know myself. Environmentally friendly. That's it. No, but the wooden panel though, I think it's good. Because? Because it's, it's environmentally friendly. And that is how we end the show sure. today. <laughs> um, you may follow Mr. Entry on social media. On Twitter, O-I-N-G. 
And Farida? At Farida Shaibu. And of course, Jeffrey? At OJ Sapon. A big thank you to everyone who did the listening today, to Theo, who was our studio technician, to Gordon, of course, and to Jewel for joining us from Ashesi University. Great conversation. I do hope you enjoyed the show. The show will be available as a podcast tomorrow, so make sure you check it out on all the various platforms out there, on um, um, Apple Podcast, on TuneIn Podcast, on, you know, everywhere. Just go search for it. And of course, you know it to be available on SoundCloud, CTFM's SoundCloud account as well. My name is Philip Pashon. Till next week, stay techy.